Hi, everybody. Good to hear from everybody. Good to see everybody. Even though I can't really see, I hope you're doing well. Welcome to the Use Guys in That Podcast, powered by AgorasNexus.com, premier sponsor of the Use Guys in That Podcast. We're doing okay, man. Like, um, a lot of things happened this past week. Fucker Carlson, as Christopher loves to call him, uh, poor old fucker, got booted out of Fox. Apparently, it was a $700 million lawsuit uh, payout. Is it a payout? I forget what it was, but they had to settle. And to pay- whom? I don't know. Apparently, there was a, a, Rupert Murdoch is a, a big surprise. Not exactly the nicest guy in the world. Right? Hmm. It'd be a big shock here. He's a piece of shit. And Let's apparently, uh, fucker was uh, fucker Carlson was getting a little handsy with some of the staff. Allegedly, again, I, I don't. I don't want to make you know. I don't want to prejudge something, but um, there was. I don't know. There's also of- Don Don Lemon got let go. Don Lemon also got let go. So that's very interesting. And also I did read with regard to fucker Carlson that everything, the pro Trump, all that stuff was actually not what he believed that he thought Trump was a fucking idiot. He's not wrong about that, but he didn't want to say it publicly. So that really lowers my opinion of that man even more because if you're gonna take a position i mean let it be the one that you really believe in but it was i guess it was about the money um great good for you i mean he doesn't need to be employed i'm sure ben shapiro is gonna soak him up in the daily wire whatever the fuck it is um they got jordan peterson working for him i thought that was such a stupid decision for jordan peterson i mean i jordan was great until he got like no offense everybody but until he started getting really religious like I, I, I've watched a lot of his lectures. He's great on communism, the psychology of, of people that worked in the camps, both in the Nazi side and the commie side. A lot of, he's a clinical psychologist. He's got a lot of brilliant ideas, but as soon as he fucking went off the deep end with religion, I, I'm out. Like I like, listen, man, like that's not my cup of tea. And then the book that he wrote 12 rules for life. I read it. It's not bad. Um, but the 12 additional rules and the big book tour and having like wearing these fancy suits, it's like, I think you start, I think he started to like the smell of his own farts. Um, and then he got into some hot water saying that a fat lady that was wearing a bikini is not the ideal of beauty. And it's like, Jordan, your wife is skinny. Okay. We understand you like thin broads. Some guys like a little cushion for the pushing. Okay. She could still be beautiful in a, in a swimsuit or with her clothes off, depending on the perspective of the individual trying to make sexual intercourse with that lady. Um, again, uh, yeah, yeah, whoever it is trying to make it the sex, you know. <laughs> Fat bitches need love too, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> trying to help you make some motherfucking money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So I, I again, I don't know what's going on, but Tucker is out at uh fox news and brian kilmeade i don't have cable so i just read about this stuff um other than that though that's what's going on i got a big one for you angel's really gonna like this one because you know she buys the official story with 9 11. i mean what we we all know that um unfortunately that's not exactly the case um i don't know what to tell you there's some uh information that's come out recently don't worry, guys. That's my dehumidifier here beeping in the background. That's not. I was gonna say, like, goddamn, do you have a microwave or something? <laughs> no, I'm not heating. Like, up are, you heat, are you heating up a burrito while we're doing a fucking podcast? Dude? I wish. I wish. 
I love burritos, but no, that's my dehumidifier because okay. um, I live in a swamp now because it never stops raining. I, so I just wanted to be on Fuck the record. I don't, I don't uh, accept anybody's official story about anything. Fair enough. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Hey, listen. Oh, now you're backpedaling. <laughs> <laughs> now you're backpedaling. Oh, now that we got you on the hot seat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, back it up. Yeah, yeah well, up. what I what what I had said was yeah. <laughs> no. What I meant to say was it's oh, all hologram. Yeah, I didn't believe in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> space isn't real. Space isn't real. Fish eye lens. Talk, Daddy Bravo. By the way, you guys, um, I don't know if I talked about it before. Uh, he has his own podcast. Okay. Now, he managed to get uh, Lord Commander Alex Jones on there, which is like my if I ever get Alex to get on the show, I'm gonna, we're going to record that episode and we're going to close the shot because it doesn't get any better than that. Um, I'm just kidding. I would probably still say stuff afterwards, but I don't know how it's like, I don't know, winning the lottery. Like, who doesn't want to have Alex Jones on their podcast? You, you would, that, that would officially be jumping the shark for us. Like after that, what else are you going to do? Right. Really? Truly. Um, but um, Alex was on uh eddie bravo's podcast okay and he tries to drag alex into the deep waters of his brain believing in the fisheye lens and it's all cgi and it's so interesting to be listening to a podcast where alex jones is the total voice of reason the complete voice of reason and eddie bravo is just out there in the fields like i don't know doing what uh but it's a tough i did about 30 minutes and i had to quit because eddie just being himself like i was hoping he would let alex talk a little bit more about interdimensional vampires and things like that we did not get that we just had flat earth and he kept trying to get alex to admit that the earth is flat and he's like no <laughs> no it's not <laughs> so um take that all of you alex jones deniers um i have that song in my head now oh we're not gonna play it this time i'm not this. gonna play it but i'm just saying like... don't even don't even start humming the tune mm -mm. don't do it so this is interesting. So an ex-FBI agent accused top CIA FBI officials of 9-11 cover-up. CIA said to use Saudis, others for illegal domestic spy operations. Okay. This is by a gentleman by the name of Dan Christensen from FloridaBulldog.org. You can vet the source if you want to. Mm -hmm. um, weeks before 9-11, an angry New York FBI agent nearly came over the table at CIA officials were blocking him from obtaining intelligence about two al-Qaeda terrorists who would soon take part in hijacking an American Airlines passenger jet, crashing it into the Pentagon. Someone's going to die, the counterterrorism counter agent wrote in a bitter uh, email shortly after the 2001 encounter. That astonishing account and many others are contained in a sworn declaration by Donald Canestraro, an investigator for the Office of Military Commissions, part of the Department of Defense Military Commission's Defense Organization, it's dated July 20th, 2021. Canestraro said in a brief interview with the Florida Bulldog rawr, that he <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Was that a tiger? That was, that was real fierce, Jay. I thought so. Rawr. Rawr. <laughs> he is part. Uh, here's 9-11. I'm making fucking jokes. Um, it's been long enough. You're allowed. Yeah. If South Park can do it, I can do it. Uh, that he is part of the defense team for the Guantanamo detainee Amar al-Baluchi, uh, a Pakistani citizen who is awaiting trial with four other men accused of planning the 9-11 attacks. His declaration includes the result of his interviews with 11 ex-FBI 
agents, two CIA agents, a CNN investigative journalist, former deputy of uh, national security advisor, Richard Clark, and former Senator Bob Graham, uh, Graham excuse me, and co-chair of Congress joint uh, inquiry into 9-11. The 22-page declaration first obtained by the national security website Spy Talk is not confidential, but rather it's marked CUI, Controlled Unclassified Information, the Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency defines CUI as government-created or own information that requires safeguarding or dissemination controls consistent with applicable laws, regulation, and government-wide policies. It is nevertheless remarkable for its accounts supporting the veracity of long public yet highly disturbing allegations that top CIA officials including Director George Tennant, intentionally withheld vital intelligence from the FBI that might have prevented the September 11, 2001 Al-Qaeda attacks on New York and Washington separately. Specifically, that known operatives and future hijackers Nawaf al-Hazmi and Khalid al-Midhar had entered the United States in Los Angeles shortly after attending an Al-Qaeda summit meeting in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, in early January 2000. Can you imagine what that summit was like? Do you think they advertised it like, you know, for the fourth annual Al-Qaeda summit, this time in sunny Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia? <laughs> you know what I mean? Bring your wives and hijabs. Make sure their faces are covered, but we're going to have a banging good time. And then there's like an, expl- an explosion. You know what I mean? And like, maybe they had a good time. I didn't know Al-Qaeda had summits. Like they had a gathering. They're like, hey, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, terrorist attacks and stuff, you know. I don't know. There's going to be a buffet. It's all going to be. Uh, I like snacks. Uh, halal, uh, please. Yeah, no, there's there's not going to be any pork here. Um, nothing whatsoever. Um, new accounts mostly obtained during interviews in 2016 and 2018 flesh out the narrative. They also support the ominous theory never fully explored by either the 9-11 Commission or Congress that the CIA kept silent because it was secretly working hand in glove with its Saudi Arabian counterpart to recruit Hazmi and Midhar as informants. Hmm. Except for Clark and Graham, the people interviewed are not named or identified by gender because they spoke on the condition of anonymity. Canestraro states that he knows who they are and that he declined to identify them to the Florida Bulldog. Woof. There, that one's better. Woof. Woof. Enough descriptive information is provided in the text, however, that it's possible to identify several interviewees. An unredacted declaration is remarkable for another reason. It comes from litigation in the U.S. military court at the Guantanamo Bay detention camp, where government censors routinely scrub and or withhold court findings and transcripts in the name of national security. Yeah. Its disclosure raises questions about what, what other information about September 11th is being kept secret at Guantanamo from the 9-11 families and the American public. According to his declaration, Canestraro was a DEA agent for 21 years when he joined the Office of Military Commissions in April 2016. During July of 2016, I began an investigation into possible involvement of the Saudi Arabian government and the Central Intelligence Agency in the events leading up to the 9-11 attacks. Canestraro's initial review of discovery documents provided by the government to the defense focused on Omar al-Bayoumi and Fahad al-Thumari. Bayoumi was an apparent Saudi intelligence officer who had numerous contacts with Khazmi and Midhar to help them obtain an apartment in San Diego. 
Whale's vagina. Whale's vagina. Thank you. Thumari was a Saudi consular official in Los Angeles and a local religious leader. Bayumi, Thumari, and a third man, Musaud al-Jarrah, deputy head of Islamic affairs at the Saudi embassy in Washington, are named as principal subjects of the FBI's Operation Encore. The one secret FBI probe into Saudi government involvements first made public in October of 2012 FBI report obtained by the Florida Bulldog amid the Freedom of uh, Amid Freedom of Information Act litigation in 2016. The report says Jarrah tasked Bayumi and Thumeri with helping the hijackers. In September of 2021, um, well, in the year 2021. President Biden issued an executive order directing the Department of Justice and other federal agencies to conduct the classification reviews of documents regarding Operation Encore, referred to in the order as a subfile of the FBI's primary PENT bomb investigation, P-E-N-T-T-B-O-M-B investigation, and to publicly release as many documents as possible. The FBI has released thousands of pages so far, including records previously declared to be state secrets that say Saudi government officials knowingly provided and supported network for Khazmi and Midhar, the first of the two Al-Qaeda hijackers to enter the United States. Kenestrao's client, Amar al-Baluchi, also known as Ali Abdul Aziz Ali, we're just going to call him Amar for here on out. Okay, I'm not going through that all that every time. Okay, Al, we'll call him Al. How about Al? Yeah, Al works. That's, that's fine. That's Al, a lot is a nephew and co-defendant with Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the alleged mastermind behind 9-11. What's all with the phlegm? Because you got to get into the spirit of it. This is, a, this is a, a guttural language. It's visceral. It comes from the soul. You know, when you say... You Oakley, don't say, Oakley. You don't say Mohammed. You say Muhammad. I mean, it means I, I something. I say Muhammad. Or like if a guy's name uh, in, in uh, Spanish-speaking country, for Jamie, it's, it's Jaime. Well, it looks like Jaime. Jaime. you got to say Jaime. Right? I just say Jamie. Okay. All right. <laughs> I used to fuck. I used to really fuck. Uh, at, like make oh, my mother. I also say jalapeno. Yeah, jalapeno. <laughs> jalapeno. Jalapeno's a good okay, one. Jalapeno. Jalapeno yeah. chips. Jalapeno chips. Exactly. So Al, nephew and cone defendant with um, KSM, call him KSM, alleged mastermind 9 11. Government documents allege that from the bank, from banks in Dubai, he transferred tens of thousands of dollars to a SunTrust bank account in Florida, mm. jointly owned by the 9-11 hijackers Marwan al-Shehi and Muhammad Atta. Everybody knows who Muhammad Atta is, right? Come on. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, after all, his passport survived the plane explosion <laughs> and made it to the rubble in the bottom at, at ground zero. That's right. You know, it's the Saudi passports are, are world renowned for their durability. They're, yeah, they're made out of adamantium, just like Wolverine's claws. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And if you actually like puncture it, it'll heal itself. Yeah, yeah. it'll heal itself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you like that? That's why they're so expensive. Everybody wants a Saudi passport. Yeah. Um, <laughs> flew American Airlines Flight 11 into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. Shehi was at the controls of United Airlines Flight 175 when the Boeing 67 crashed into the South Tower. 
Baluchi, like Muhammad, was captured in Pakistan in 2003 and held by the CIA for three years at overseas black sites where he was reportedly tortured before being transferred to Guantanamo in 2006. I can guarantee you the torture didn't stop when he got to Guantanamo. He wasn't like, oh, fucking Guantanamo. Whoosh. Ah. Yeah. yeah much better. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like great. Club Med, baby. Right. <laughs> If anybody's like, um, when I was in graduate school, we had to go over some of the stuff that came out about the black sites and how the government specifically used them to say, okay, well, the uh, don't laugh. The Constitution of the United States prohibits torture, essentially. Ugh. Okay, um, cruel and unusual punishment. It's one of uh, one of the first ten amendments to the Constitution. Right. So the government, in its wisdom, was like, but if we torture them somewhere where it's not America, you know. Hawaii, Puerto Rico, Alaska, the continuous 48. Um, totally cool. Yeah. Anywhere outside of that, we can. So I hate to tell you guys, I know that we've kind of been at war with Syria since like 2012, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you think some of those sites were? They were in some of the most fucking uh, ter- like Jordan. That was another one uh, where uh, one of the black sites was. Um, we, we learned a lot about this stuff and. I think there's a movie that depicts it fairly accurately. It's called Rendition. Um, jumper cables to testicles. Um, yeah, I think I watched that movie. Yeah, and uh, it's it's very fucked up. The guy, conf- so they had an an Egyptian-born American citizen, you know, a fucking American, mm-hmm. who is a chemical engineer. Yeah, okay, a highly educated individual. The idea was they 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 yoked this guy up. And they fucking tortured him for for weeks and months, deprived him of counsel, all that good stuff, psychological torture, physical torture. He eventually cracked and he started naming names. He named the starting 11 players of the 1990 Egypt World Cup team. That's what he gave them anything like that's the thing. And I know that General Mattis, the Mr. Trump's former employee, was uh, what defense secretary even he said that uh, he goes, torture doesn't work. Like I get further with a guy with cigarettes and beer than I do with torture. If mad dog Mattis says torture is no bueno, I'm inclined to believe that man and take his word for it. Um, again, whatever. Well, we got to keep America safe. We got to keep America prosperous and safe from those goddamn terrorists. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, by, you know, you know, saying, hey, if we capture you on the battlefield, we're going to attach jumper cables to your testicles. Yeah, that'll get them to work with you. Um, Okay. Every time. Every time. He, Mohammed, and three others, Walid bin Atash, Ramzi bin al-Shibh, and Mustafa Ahmed al-Hawasi all face capital charges in the government, as previously said. It would seek the death penalty. I bet that would be a relief to some of these men. No trial uh, date has been set. The CIA's lack of cooperation with the FBI is discussed in detail in the declaration. One ex-FBI agent who worked under CIA control, uh, Osama bin Laden Station, also known as ALEC Station, discussed how a colleague had prepared a central intelligence report outlining the possible presence of al-Hazmi and al-Midhar in the United States, but was not allowed to forward it to the FBI for action. Two former FBI agents stated the CIA even spied on the FBI as it investigated 
Hannah Schrau's declaration said in the spring of 2021, a former agent with extensive experience in terrorism and counterintelligence matters, explained that after the attacks, it became impossible for the FBI to unilaterally conduct a terrorism or counterintelligence investigation without the tacit approval of the CIA. CS-22 further related that officers of the local CIA domestic uh, station located in his or her office of assignment would frequently sit in the command centers of local FBI field offices while FBI agents conducted operations related to counterterrorism to monitor FBI activities. CS-22 also told uh, me that the above made it easy for CIA officers to monitor FBI activities. Hmm. Another former agent known as CS-8 said immediately following the 9-11 attacks an intelligence officer was detailed and an intelligence officer was detailed to the FBI's San Diego field office Wales vagina office just make mm-hmm. sure I get that in there CS-8 recalled that the officer was supposed to be assigned to the San Diego office to further information sharing between the FBI and CIA <laughs> um <laughs> However, CSA later learned that the officer was actually... reminded me of Bowser. See, I was doing the job of the HUD. Oh. Wabba, 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 <laughs> 9-11. <laughs> yeah. Raza, do a wookie nipple pinchy. God, that's good. Okay. Do you need a drink? No, I'm good. Um, FBI attempt to blame the FBI for intelligence failures that led to 9-11. <laughs> so the CIA officer was actually examining the files. So FBI files to blame the FBI for the intelligence. Fa- no, no, no. We, the CIA, who are tasked with international, if these people came from other countries, we let them in. You fucked it up, okay? Just because we let them in and taught them all this stuff. Doesn't mean it's our fault, okay? The ex-New York FBI counterterrorism agent, probably Rudy Giuliani, tussled with uh, <laughs> tussled with the, push his teeth back in. <laughs> tussled with the CIA, referred to in the declaration to CS-12, was assigned to work the bombing of the USS Cole in Yemen in the summer of 2001. I can't believe people forget about that one. I remember that. It was on TV. It's a big deal. What? And the, the attack on the USS Cole. But it's overshadowed because a couple of months, uh, you know, a couple of months later, uh, the big one happened. Yeah, I don't remember the attack on the, the USS Cole. These poor fucking sailors, they see this guy coming up in a rubber dinghy. Like, no bullshit. With the, they didn't see the explosives. And it blew a hole in the ship. That's Like, terrible. the fact that, like, what makes me laugh is that, like, if you, Christopher, and I were in some boat... Like, I don't know, fishing or day drinking or whatever. If I bet you if they saw us and we got too close to that ship, we'd be fucking fish food. I, I, I'm just, that's my hunch. Don't want to say it's 100% true, but I'm pretty, I'm fairly certain that even back then, if we came like, hey guys, how's it going? Oh my God, it might be one of Timothy McVeigh's friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, anybody else are like, oh, hey, you want to come check out this fucking super advanced ship? We don't know who you are. Oh, we have a hole in us. What do you know? Um, I can't believe it was that long ago. That, that was the whole point of that. Um, yeah, it was, was a long C- time ago. It was. The CIA was said to have sought the, a meeting after being unable to locate some terrorist suspects. Well, you, know, you don't say. When you lose track of these people, that's when it's a problem. CA officers showed three surveillance photos, didn't say where or when they were taken, but asked if one was of Farhad al-Kuso, a suspect of the coal bombing. 
CS12 didn't know when FBI agents asked whether CIA what asked the CIA whether stops had been put in place to prevent uh, suspects from entering the U.S. Frustrations grew. CS5, another former FBI agent, said the New York agent was so adamant that the CIA provide information for her his or her investigation that he or she clear, uh, nearly came over the table at CIA officials at a meeting with the FBI's counterterrorism squad prior to 9/11. Mm. CS12 later learned that the two of the photos, the two people in the photos were of Hazmi and Mikhar. The declaration says Kusa was killed in a U.S. drone strike in Yemen in 2012. Um, this goes on for quite a while. It's going to be in the show notes. Please read it. The next part I'm going to cover real quick is the false flag recruitment operation by the CIA. And those of you who are longtime listeners, ought not be surprised by any of this information okay i'm not saying holograms did it I'm not saying it wasn't real i saw people holding hands jumping out of that fuck out of, out of boat well one Dude, of those buildings that's awful it happened and it was fucking terrible it was it was absolutely awful i could still see it in my mind's eye how it happened i i, I remember everything about that day like it's we sound like Pearl Harbor people that remember where they were when they found out the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. Kind of the same thing with this event. Like, I remember everything. Like, even the shitty 19-inch Zenith TV my dad was watching it on. Th- that's um, terrible. Yeah. So, I'm not saying that didn't happen. That's not what we're saying. Okay? No, I've, I've heard stories, too. Like, the people that fell, like, you know, f- fallen out of windows or jumped out of windows. Like, not necessarily for that tragedy, but other tragedies, too. Like... They actually had conversations with people like, you know, hey, like, can you call, you know, my daughter or whomever? Like, mm-hmm. I'm fucking dying, you know, like, it's terrible, mm-hmm. dude. Like, it's awful. Yeah, I, I listened to a couple of the audio uh, 911 recordings where um, the lady says, I can't, you know, I can't breathe. I'm going to die, aren't I? And the 911 operator's job is to keep her calm and she just kept saying i'm gonna die and she did and she did so it's fucking awful it's it's absolutely terrible what happened that day and it wasn't a fucking hologram former deputy national security advisor richard clark gave a similar account adding that prior to the attacks deputy cia director kofer black what a name kofer c-o-f-e-r have you ever met anybody named kofer no what a weird fucking name kofer had told him the CIA had no human intelligence sources inside Al-Qaeda, and that he was determined to change that. Mm. Clark also said that neither he nor the FBI was told about Hazmi and Midhar because the CIA was running a false flag operation recruit the hijackers. According to Mr. Clark, this false flag operation would have involved Al-Bayoumi briefing the two hijackers by attempting to convince them that he was sympathetic to their cause. At the same time, Al-Bayoumi would have been reporting on the hijackers' activities to Saudi intelligence, ultimately to the CIA. Mr. Clark stated that when he proclaimed this belief publicly, he received an angry phone call from the former director of the CIA, George Tennant. Mr. Clark noted, however, that Mr. Tennant did not deny the allegation made by Mr. Clark. You just mad he said something. Both Clark and former Senator Graham were critical of the 9-11 Commission, saying he did not investigate the Saudi connections. The 9-11 attacks completely. Clark added that the commission's executive director, Philip Zelikow, was selected by National Security Advisor Condoleezza Rice to prevent damage to the Bush administration by blocking the commission's line of inquiry into the Saudi connection. 
Mr. Clark told me that the operation to penetrate Al-Qaeda may have been organized by high-level employees of the CIA. Mr. Clark stated that he believed most of the records of the CIA's operation to penetrate Al-Qaeda through Al-Bayoumi were destroyed in an effort to cover up the operation, declaration says. An ex-FBI agent, CS3, working under CIA control at the Osama bin Laden station, also known by the code name ALEC, as we already mentioned, after the son of its first chief, discussed how a colleague had prepared a central intelligence report outlining the possible presence of al-Hazmi and al-Midhar in the U.S., but was not allowed to forward it for action. All right, so what we do know is that there's, like, it never sat right with me and i know because i've known christopher for a long time it didn't sit right with him no matter what the official story i'm not saying like what is it like uh, south park is like no a bunch of crazy angry muslims did this right I'm not saying that didn't happen there's a lot of pieces moving here that made this possible to get these folks in the country right I remember watching Inside 9-11, which was a great program put together by the National Geographic Channel, where somebody from the U.S. Embassy in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, called and said, I have these people here. They're trying to get visas. I'm not so sure that this is a good idea. And he was told to push them through, to push them through. So I... um. Uh, you, the whole report's going to be in there again. It's a long one. We've already spent a lot of time on it, but please take a look at it. Uh, it's very, uh, it's it's very important. Now we're going to move on to something a little bit more exciting. I know that Angel's really going to be uh, in, into this. Uh, very exciting. Um, you know, when it comes to Angel, when it comes to the dearly departed, when you're ready to make your way off this mortal coil, what are your wishes? Um, I don't have any wishes. So you want to go in the box? You want a big what to do? Like, what do we do? No, I just like if if I'm being honest, like I just wish that like nothing could happen. Like, you know, like maybe, you know, there's the the cremation and then it's just over. I I, I second this uh, this position. That's in fact, like, I, have, I will. And it says that much. The reason why I'm asking you this is how do you feel about composting your remains, Angel? I, I don't really know what that means. And I'm not. I just want it to be over. Like I want it to be. It will be over for you. Like minimal amount of effort on anybody's part for anything, and just never like be discussed ever again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like don't is... ever talk about me again when I'm gone. <laughs> Even the good memories, forget it. No, I mean like you know you just it's just a one and done deal. Like it's everything's just done and you know. One stop shop. That's it. Okay. I'm going to educate you on human composting. No, okay. All right. I, all right. All right. So, this gentleman's mother passed away. He didn't want to bury her when she died. So, he paid for the cremation, but he felt that it was a garbage option because it's just burning somebody up. So this okay. <laughs> individual began reading up on a process called natural organic reduction which allows human remains to be converted into soil. It's also known as human composting. Mm -hmm. He came to find it both honorable and eco-friendly. I think that human composting option appears to be the best for the environment. It makes sense. Slow process, so it feels a bit more dignified than being burned at 1,200 degrees Celsius. I, I promise you, buddy, you're not going to feel a thing. You won't even be there. Uh, says uh, Hennessy, a native of England who lives in Chicago. Poor choice. Um, plenty of nice places in Illinois that ain't one of them. Uh, at Hennessy, except for the food. 
Uh, Hennessy's urging State Representative Kelly Cassidy, a Chicago Democrat, tried earlier last year to push through legislation that would codify natural organic reduction as an alternative to handling human remains. That effort failed, but Cassidy reintroduced the bill and after debate included references to the 1973 dystopian thriller Soylent Green. The Illinois House last month narrowly approved the measure, which is now before the Senate. Cassidy's legislation gets enough votes in that chamber and signed by Governor J.B. Pritzker. I almost said Prick. I just said it anyway. Governor Prick, Illinois will become the seventh state in the country to legalize the process. (laughs) Cassidy, Governor Prick, Cassidy has also indicated she wishes to have her remains go through the human composting. Many of the providers have found really beautiful ways for families to memorialize their loved ones by building conservation spaces. Fantastic. Where they're very often uh, taking that land that is otherwise unusable, restoring it to health and creating a really lovely, beautiful place where people can go and meditate and be with their loved ones without carbon footprint being involved in traditional burial. State, State Representative Stephen Reek a uh, Republican from Woodstock who's a lot of fun, I promise, mm-hmm. voiced strong opposition to this proposal and brought the abortion rights positions of Cassidy and other Democrats in the debate. We're talking about human compost. He's like, hold on a second, dead babies. Yeah, okay? well, because that is human compost, right? Dead babies. I don't know what they do with it. Don't they do, um, doesn't, um, I don't know. They use, uh, what the hell, stem cells? For the babies, right? You would hope that they do. I don't know what these people do. All I can think about when I think about the fetus thing is um, uh, fucking, uh, what is it, uh, Superman? Uh, what the fuck is it? Yeah, that episode where South he's Park. breaking babies. And sucking them dry. Yeah, and yeah. Gene Hackman, uh, you know, who's Lex Luthor. Hackman. Yeah, he's like, Chris, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and he's a character. He's like, Hackman. <laughs> Uh, Christopher Reeve is dead. Superman fell off a horse and broke his back and he couldn't walk. So that's a real bummer. He's gone. That's um, terrible. There's a new guy, though. Is it Henry, uh, Henry Cavill or Cavill <laughs> or whatever his name? He plays the Witcher. Didn't he do Superman? I don't know. He's good. He was. I, oh, he no was. more Superman. No, okay. He's out. He's out. Right. We, they, right. haven't, they haven't announced who the new Superman's going to be in the new DCU that, uh, what is it, Joe Saffron and James Gunn? The, the the heads of now. Oh, okay. Maybe so, they'll, um, everybody was pissed off because they ousted Henry Cavill. Well, they also got rid of him in The Witcher, didn't they? No, he left The Witcher. They oh, he left him. The Witcher. He left The Witcher. Got it. All right. Because the writers are actively pro- proactively hated the source material, and they're going to deviate heavily from it. And Henry Cavill is a huge fan of both the video games and the books and would often come into conflict with the writers and the showrunners over decisions that they made in the show okay okay so he he, he washed his hands of it quit and walked away well i good luck to the the showrunners who are trying to torpedo it i'm sure that's not going to work out. well good thing i only watched like the first couple episodes the first one was great he is holding the sword backwards and he's fighting people in the street that was fun um let's see here this coming, of course, from people to whom an embryo is nothing but a mass of cells that can be disposed of when inconvenient. And now we see that the end of life were nothing more than food for worms. Uh, Reek, I'm going to tell you something. I don't that's know about all of that, been. but last the last thing you said is 100% right. That's usually how it works. Okay, You go back into the earth and you feed shit 
and then somebody else eats that and eventually becomes grass or whatever, then you shoot the cow and you make a burger and a baseball glove. And thus, the whole cycle... You make a burger and a baseball glove. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe a coat. Maybe a coat. Or maybe some assless leather chaps. Yeah. Yeah. Oil not included. Yeah, no, Um, no, no. No, that's extra. Okay. So, uh, Reek likened the potential effects of the legislation to the fictional scenario in Soylent Green, which depicts environmentally degraded Earth, future where the masses are left to eat the tidal substance, the provenance of which is bellowed out by Charlton Heston as the movie ends. I don't know if anybody remembers back to the old movie Soylent Green, Reek said. I think if we're going to probably reach that point in this debate, because as we all know, Soylent Green is people. Wait, but we're not talking about eating people. We're talking about this guy. We're talking about letting trees eat people. Correct. Okay. Listen, what I'm going to tell you about this fucking guy, I bet you if you dig, and it's I'm not making a joke, you don't think the fucking funeral industry, like uh, Service Corporation International, is the largest funerary mm-hmm. industry uh, uh, corporation in the world? You don't think that they pay? They don't pay people to make sure oh. this isn't an option for them? This is a big business. I mean, but they could get in on it and be like, oh, "We're uh, we plant the tree, whatever." There is, uh, there was a book that came out in the '60s, and then there was a further report afterwards uh, from an individual, a lady, uh, who got who did investigative reporting on the funeral industry and how they were overpricing people on caskets. Mm-hmm. How if you were being cremated, they would tell you it was state law that you had to be embalmed, which is absolutely not true whatsoever. Um, the embalming process is the delayed decomposition long enough for people to look at your dead ass, which is a terrible practice by itself. But whatever. Okay. Um, but if they're not displaying your remains, there's no potential for human contact. Mm-hmm. So there's no bacterial concern. So they don't need to do that. They're throwing you into the fire. You don't have to pay for it. The embalming costs a shitload of money. Yeah. And then the box, I mean, we're talking anywhere from a cheap end, $900 to the Cadillac, which is $10,000. You know what I'm saying? This is a big business. So don't think for one second that some fucker like Reek here wouldn't be getting a check behind your back to make sure that you can't dispose of your fucking remains the way you want to. I don't know why I'm not allowed to go to the family home and dump my ass six feet in the ground. And like Angel said, or whoever said, put a tree on top of there. I would be more okay with that than anything. But since that's not an option for me, it's straight to the fire. Boom, fire, heat it up and you could (laughs) whatever it's in my will. Like I'm not, bro. And please, I, I love all you dearly. But when you die, if I'm still here, and if they're gonna, if you, if I find out they're putting you in an open box, I'm not gonna come. I'm not gonna be there. I'm not going to the cemetery. I, first of all, I don't believe anybody's there anyway. It's over. Like it's gone. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's a lump of flesh that means nothing. I understand for a lot of people it's closure. I'm not trying to knock what you do, but it's a grotesque practice of looking at the dead guy. You know all the fucking makeup and shit they got to put on there to make you look like, oh, he looks so peaceful. He looks fucking dead because he is. It's yeah. over. Close the, bo- close the door. Like he looks fucking dead. What are you talking Jesus. about? I mean, talk about looking looking your worst on the worst possible day ever. At hey, you know, doesn't uh, yeah. he doesn't he look good? No, no, he looks yeah, good. he looks pretty good for being fully dead. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We, you know how we made jokes back in the day. He looked half dead. No, this is full dead. That's that's the look we're getting here. Uh, not good. You know what I mean? It's a big racket. 
And the fact that I can't dispose of like a loved one on my own property or like go Viking style, right? And let the fish have whatever's left. The body goes in the water. The fish are like, great, this is delicious. You know what I mean? And then yeah. the birds eat the fish and thus begins the cycle all over again. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's I, wild to me. That, people will fight over anything. I think it, this article is just nuts. It is nuts. Like, I mean, if people want to it's it's people's choice whatever they want to do like for everything ever.com like if you want to do whatever it is that you want to do like if you want to abort your baby abort your baby if you want to be buried under a tree be buried under a tree if you want to be human compost in a fucking uh lot somewhere go be that like go do that whatever go do whatever it makes you happy you know, do your best not to harm. I, like, I that's agree. That's the best. I agree with you. Just grind me up like hamburger yeah. and sprinkle me over someone's garden. <laughs> right. That That's fine. I'm fine with that. You know, let the crows pick <clears throat> at me. Whatever. Groundhogs what, can eat me. Yeah, well, the, the crows picking at you. It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, the Zoroastrians, which is a religion that comes from um, Iran or, you know, Persia, it predates Christianity and Islam. They have something called a sky burial where they take you up to this tower and they leave the body exposed to the elements so that the birds and other animals can get up there and, you know, kind of, you know, get rid of you and that, you know, the sun would cook you and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's just a natural way. I mean, I think putting you in the ground without a box and just letting the worms and the bugs and everybody have a chunk of you, I think that's the best way. I mean, if we're not, if we're, if cremating is not an option, mm-hmm. that's the best option. I mean, let's be fair, right? right? You're returning it back to the earth. The earth is getting her cut again, you know, whatever, you know, that's great. But the fact that this isn't an option for people, it's none of your goddamn business what people do with the remains. If they're not le- like, now I understand on trash day, if you see a body out there, that's a problem. That's a, oh, whoa. <laughs> we're not talking about whoa. that. We're talking about, like your choice to however so, so, yeah my aunt died three days ago i'm just taking her out with the trash shit uh it, would, it would be easy but that's would the, be. You, sh- you shouldn't See do that fucking, fucking legs sticking out of the top of the fucking trash can with a boy the bird on, <laughs> with a bird on it just picking at the toe yeah <laughs> like what oh oh that must be linda oh we're sorry yeah we're very sorry yeah. <laughs> that's a nice choice of trash bag though is that a hefty bag huh <laughs> oh man so yeah so you don't get a choice it's it's retarded um again full disclosure people that friends and family if you dare fucking throw yourself in a stupid box and get juiced up i'm not coming i don't care what the fucking Uh-oh. spread is after the ceremony I, I don't care if it's fucking chick-fil-a you know soaked in kfc gravy i'm not coming yeah, yeah, not no. coming. I don't want anything. That does sound pretty good, though. Yeah, it does just, sound pretty good. You know, I still, you know how I feel about fried chicken. I still wouldn't show up because it's an arcane practice. This is 2023. Nobody wants to look at you dead. Okay, you fucking weirdo. We don't want that. It's no good. A zero out of ten. So, uh, this is the interesting part. I laugh at this every time because the idea that these individuals speak from authority or ex cathedra, as it used to be called. It's hilarious to me, and I'm using Latin for a specific reason. Last month, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops announced its position on new methods and technologies of how to treat human remains. I'm going to throw up. 
Through its Committee on Doctrine, the conference said that burial is the preferred method, but that cremation is acceptable as long as the ashes are laid to rest in a sacred place. Well, that rules out the toilet like I want. Actually, that's sacred to me. The throne, the porcelain throne, very sacred. Quite sacred. Quite sacred. In fact, it's indispensable from my life. Uh, the Bishop's Conference took issue with human composting as well as other methods of handling human remains called alkaline hydro, what is this, hydrolysis, and a process that involves dissolving a body in dozens of gallons of liquid that can be discarded into wastewater systems. That sounds good. In a statement, the Bishop's Conference said that both methods are not sufficiently respectful of the human body. But meanwhile, when our bishops and our priests fuck little kids, we're respecting the human body all the way anybody that listens to these people anymore like they have a modicum of decency has lost their mind i don't listen to two kinds of people right i don't listen to people that think the world is ten thousand fucking years old and i don't listen to people that think that their children should be able to chop their genitals off without their consent these are two groups of people i don't fucking consult for advice at all and i don't think you should either Mm -hmm. but it's your decision okay so (laughs) uh the catholic church had to weigh in on how to get rid of your remains. Do they want to fuck the bodies too? We don't know. I mean, quite possibly. We don't know these answers. Okay. Speaking Anything's of which. up for speculation at this point with them. That's I mean. right. And with them, you never know. And that's the dangerous thing. I want to talk about this next bit here, ladies and gentlemen. You're really going to, Angel's going to love this one. And by love, I mean, you're going to be filled with hate and rage. And this is what I want. Oh, this is all day, every day. This a 13-year-old Utah boy hung out in the typical online spaces for oh, someone no. his age. The chat app Discord. The gaming platform Roblox. Ro- Roblox? Uh, yeah, yeah Ro- Roblox. it's Roblox. Okay, and of course, Twitter. It's a terrible place to hang out. All three places. But for more than two months last year on those very platforms, the boy was being sexually groomed by an adult who was 13 years older and hundreds of miles away started in private messages, then moved into public view on Twitter. It ended in a horror story. The boy's father went to check on him one night and found him missing, his window open, the bedroom freezing. The boy was allegedly abducted by the man accused of grooming him, crossed state lines, and prosecutors said reportedly sexually assaulted. Heather and Ken McConney, uh, the boy's parents, told NBC News that they believed the kidnapping was preventable. It came after a series of missed opportunities over the span of nearly a month, where they said Twitter and law enforcement failed to effectively intervene despite an abundance of information posted online. Manning answers, I need to move forward and figure out what the hell happened, Heather said. Where did the ball get dropped? This report is based on review of archived online messages, state and federal court filings made into two active criminal cases involving the suspect, interviews with the parents of the teen, interviews with law enforcement officials who worked on the investigation into the abduction, and interview with the teen himself while his mother was present. NBC News is not naming the teen because he is a minor. The McConnies reported the situation to local police in November and surrendered the boy's iPhone after discovering explicit text messages between the boy and a man to believe believed to have gone by at Hunter Floofy Fox on Twitter. That's a creepy name. Yeah. In tweets yeah. reviewed by NBC News, the accused adult identified as a MAP. Uh, common abbreviation for minor attracted person. Pedophile. A pedophile, correct. Uh, at Hunter, Floofy Fox excitedly referred to the teen as my lamb. Okay, lamb. Like, you know, the, the yeah. cute little animal. Yeah, I know what a lamb is. 
uh, uh, you know, I want to throw up a little bit right now, but I'm going to get through this. Both the teen and Hunter Fox account made frequent uh, references to the online furry community, a group of people who role play as the anthropomized animal. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Anthropomorphized animal characters. Anthropomorphized? Anthro Anthropomorphized. Yeah, exactly. It's a God pain in the ass. I had it. I read ahead. Anthropomorphized. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Anthro. Whatever. They they act like fucking animals. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a Half Shell. Turtle Power. Hunter Fox report uh, repeatedly talked about a trip he said the two would go on together. 25 days before the abduction, police sent a search warrant to Twitter to learn more information about the man police believe was grooming the teen, but they misspelled the username. Of course they didn't. When the police corrected the error several weeks later, Twitter did not immediately respond, police said. Five days later, the teen was abducted, according to prosecutors in the McConnies. He had photos, images of my son on Twitter. Everybody could see it, Heather said. How do you not see it as a child? If you would have taken 10 seconds to go look, you would have seen it. And if you would have just released the information, we have been able to find this person. On the Hunter Fox Twitter account, the adult interacted directly with the boy's account, where he posted selfies of himself on a school bus and other locations. NBC News did not directly view the adult reposting the photos of the boy. Several tweets were removed from the adult's account by Twitter before they could be archived. This case illustrates how easily online predators can avoid detection online even on the internet's most recognized platforms. In a mountain of content, tech platforms sometimes struggle to detect and to respond to real threats to children. It also highlights the sometimes bold and grandiose security statements made by tech platform executives and managers, despite the problems those companies face every day as the boy was being groomed. And over a month before his abduction, Elon Musk said that addressing child exploitation on Twitter was priority number one, alleging he inherited a platform on which child exploitation was previously allowed to run rampant. Ella Irwin, Twitter's vice president of trust and safety, provided an accounting of the company's interactions with law enforcement in the case, but declined to address specific questions about the days leading up to the abduction. We are all very open to collaborating further with law enforcement on how we can speed up and better assist them in these types of investigations involving missing children and that the data requests they may have in these cases. In separate statements, Discord and Roblox representatives said the platforms are taking actions to detect and prevent activities that could be dangerous for children. And Apple representatives said the company is working to expand features that can prevent children from interacting with predators. The company says it will soon roll out a feature that can blur nudity in videos. I'm sure there's not going to be an easy way to walk around that one, right? Jesus H. Christ. The team was rescued in Nebraska the day after he was reported missing, and an Amber Alert was issued after a separate series of emergency requests were submitted by law enforcement to Twitter. The company provided detectives with information about the suspect, a man who legally changed his name to Tadashi Kojima uh, from Aaron Michael Zeman in 2018. In under two hours, Irwin said in a statement, Kojima had been charged with four counts of sexual assault in Nebraska, along with federal kidnapping, coercion, and child pornography charges. He pled not guilty in Nebraska and awaits trial uh, in June. Uh, Kojima's attorney in Nebraska says, as a practical matter, I do not have any comment. I want to show you a picture of this fuck. Let's have it. This is the guy. This is him dressed up in a furry costume or a mask or something. Okay, I see it now. All right, and then this is the kid he kidnapped. So, like, we can zoom in a little bit here. 
Look at this disgusting asshole. I mean, he even looks like he's a fucking pedophile. Like, for, for seriously. Your face screams pedophile. Yeah. And then he's wearing the dog mask and he's got thigh highs on and and then there the picture next to this disgusting individual is clearly a kid. Yeah. That's a child. That's who he kidnapped. That's who he kidnapped is this poor kid. God damn it. Yeah, I tried to like look for him, um, you know, but that's the one picture I found that kind of said everything, you know. Um <laughs> fucking scumbag. <laughs> Yeah, like his name is Aaron Zeman. Aaron um, Zeman. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Yes, thank you for uh, putting that picture up of that disgusting yeah, piece of Yeah, he's a piece garbage. of fucking shit. Oh, man. I hope that, uh, I hope bad things happen to him. Okay. All right. So there's that. All right. Next, I want to talk about something else. Now, if you all remember, if you've been with us for the duration, we talked about the Breonna Taylor murder right after it happened. And a poor Breonna Taylor, in a way, has kind of been overshadowed because, like, what, two months later, George Floyd was murdered. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, sometimes you can't forget about Breonna Taylor uh, and what happened to her when she was murdered in her home. I believe Angel actually played the uh, badge cam footage from the house um, where she was murdered at and her body was blurred out. Like, it's uh, it's incredibly, terribly sad. Like, it's it's terrible. Well, you're really going to hate this. Mm -hmm. Angel, you ready for this? Sure cop who killed Breonna Taylor during unlawful raid hired by neighboring county. I'm not surprised. This happens all the time. This isn't, this isn't It really... doesn't. Anybody remember Daniel Shaver? Well, you remember Daniel, don't we? Mm -hmm. Yep. That motherfucker collects a pension who murdered him. No problem. Moved over to Mesa PD. Not a problem. Not a problem. Take care of our own, as they say. Carroll County, Kentucky. Yet another appalling example of lack of accountability for police officers, even when their actions lead to the death of innocent civilians like Breonna Taylor, is unfolding in Kentucky. Former Louisville police officer Miles Cosgrove has been rehired as law enforcement officer in a nearby county. This disturbing turn of events demonstrates the clear double standards in place for those who serve in the police force, as we have previously discussed in numerous articles covering the tragic case of Breonna Taylor, the Free Thought Project. This is from Matt Agaris, by the way. According to local media outlets, the Carroll County Sheriff's Office is located just an hour northeast of Louisville. Yeah. Recently hired Cosgrove. Chief Deputy Rob Miller claims Cosgrove, who has nearly two decades of experience in the police force, was hired to help reduce the flow of drugs and property crimes in the area. Despite the scrutiny and outrage, both in Louisville and Carroll County, the Sheriff's Office declined to comment further on the matter. Coincidentally, Breonna was executed while Cosgrove was doing the exact same thing in Louisville. At the wrong fucking house. Chanel Helm, the lead organizer for Black Lives Matter Louisville, expressed her frustration with the decision, stating the way in which he can go and get a job in the same field should be illegal. For a typical citizen, we aren't able to reenter certain fields if we're fired from them. That carries with you. Cosgrove's reinstatement in law enforcement is the glaring reminder of the impunity often granted to those in uniform. As we previously reported, Cosgrove was one of seven officers involved in the deadly raid inside Taylor's apartment. The police who were serving a no-knock search warrant burst into the apartment in the middle of the night, startling Taylor and her boyfriend. Believing the officers to be intruders, Taylor's boyfriend fired a sing single shot at them. The officers returned fire with 32 shots, half of which were fired by Cosgrove. Two of his rounds struck Taylor, ultimately causing her death in January 2021. The Louisville Metro Police Department fired Cosgrove for violating department procedures on the use of deadly force and not wearing a body camera during his raid. 
In, in his termination letter, interim LMPD chief Yvette Gentry wrote, the shots you fired went in three different directions, indicating you did not verify a threat or have a target acquisition, Gentry added. In other words, the evidence shows that you fired wildly at unidentified subjects or targets located within the apartment. Despite these egregious violations, Cosgrove has not faced any criminal charges in connection with Taylor's killing. Furthermore, in 2022, the Kentucky Law Enforcement Council voted to allow him to keep his police certification, making him eligible to work for other police departments in the state. Of course they did. I mean, what do you think was going to happen? Cosgrove retiring is not an isolated incident. The phenomenon of gypsy cops or officers who are removed from a police department due to misconduct only to be hired elsewhere has been issued in several in the U.S. for several decades. This is partly due to a lack of national coordination track officers with a history of misconduct. Breonna Taylor's, Breonna Taylor's death fueled widespread protests across the country in 2020 and led to Louisville City Council unanimously voting to ban no-knock warrants. However, it seems that justice for Taylor remains elusive as the officers responsible for her death continue to avoid accountability and even manages to find employment in the very field he so egregiously violated. So, more of the same. Yeah. More of the same. So. I mean, it, this shit happens all the time. And I don't know why. Okay, so like that he's even able to get another job in law enforcement or continue his career in law enforcement when he made such an error and it's been found that he he did make that error um i do know that the state does assume the responsibility partly be um on behalf of these individuals who make these Mm -hmm. choices blah 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 we all know those you know rules and and regulations and standards you know that are put forth um with these individuals who are police officers have that being said that they you know they they do shoot somebody like and they do decide they move on to another department do they have to automatically be given a gun and all this other shit or can they do some some other shit you know what i mean like do they have to just get their gun back and all of that or like can they be put in different positions do you know what I mean? Like, that's my question. Why is it that these people are automatically just given 100% trust and a gun back to them? That's a great question, Angel. I wish I had an answer. You for know, you, can't but... they carry less lethal and ride with a partner who, who has the lethal weapon that's a little bit more fucking credible? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, what what's like, <laughs> you know, or do they even have to be involved at all? Like, yeah right exactly yeah can't they just get jobs someplace else like they can still work at the police department but maybe not be an officer like can they maybe you know sit this one out i, I don't know right, what to say Go clean toilets right yeah you know what i mean clean the toilet like be a, a paper pusher maybe uh try to re go through some fucking other training and and you know be a, a fucking beat feet police officer like at the at the at, at the very end like after they prove that they're able to fucking wield a weapon you know what i mean like why yeah. is it just automatically just given all back to them why aren't why aren't there some you know hoops they got to jump through first like it's bullshit yeah i, I agree I, don't worry they're gonna launch an internal investigation yep of themselves yeah. We'll investigate ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and we will find through this exhaustive investigation of ourselves that we no no wrongdoing. No wrongdoing whatsoever. Everything is kosher as the day is long. Um it's a real tragedy. It's um and by all accounts, Riona was a decent human being who you know, obviously no human being really deserves that, but um 
And then I remember the bootlickers were like, well, you know, her boyfriend fired shots and I heard he like crack. And it's like, bitch, you're missing the point entirely, entirely. There's another point that I'd like to make, too. I know we've talked about this before. And Sal, our friend Sal the Agorist and, uh, and us, I know I've talked to him about this. Um, I don't know if it was in a direct message or what have you. But if you look at cop cars in uh, European countries, for example, like in England, uh, those of you that listen to the United Kingdom, you've been with us the whole time. You all know that you have like the cop cars that are white and then they're green and blue checkers. Like it's very bright, very visible. This is a cop car, right? Like you could see like it, it's marked from front from uh, tip to butt in these markings. So you could see it far away, right? Okay. Why do why are cop cars like, first of all, I remember there was something that went to court where like, as long as the police put police somewhere on the car, it doesn't matter how dark it is or if they have their lights off. Like, remember the running lights thing? I don't know if some of you are, are my age, maybe just slightly younger, maybe just a, little, a couple months older. But I know a lot of you remember there was an issue where there were um, cops in like the middle of highways in the median, right? Doing running radar and trying to get speeders mm-hmm. with the lights off. And I believe somebody smacked, like, had an emergency and smashed into the car. Yeah. Because he didn't see it because he didn't have its fucking running lights on. Right. So then that became an issue. You know what I'm saying? Because if it were, like, I'm not advocating for this, but if it really was about safety, if we're going to talk about, like, let's take a speeding, for example. If somebody is driving so recklessly and fast on a highway with other drivers, why are you collecting a ticket from them? Take their fucking license. Okay. Like a drunk driver, for example, which I agree, there is no excuse for that anymore. I understand you should be more responsible and not potentially harm other people. I don't care what you do to yourself, but don't harm other people who are not part of your bullshit. But you could call, you could do an Uber, you could do a Lyft or whatever. But if you're acting that, like how many times you read articles where somebody's on their seventh DUI? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they've been busted seven times. Or how about people, like if if you're driving 120, in a, in a 50 mile an hour zone I mean, you're just we're going to give you a ride and we're that you're done like you can't be out here because you're an asshole right. it's one thing to be driving in on fucking i-90 in montana where there's no cars and there's no speed limit okay i understand that but if it's congested again if we're gonna play this game mm-hmm. we're thinking about harming somebody else i don't care what you do with you but don't fucking hurt anybody else it's a pretty basic rule right angel just said it right do no harm yeah well if you're driving that fast there's a potential and, and it's congested there's a potential you could do something but anyway they just snap their license be like you're done like you're not going to come out here for a long time because you're being an asshole right no they write you a ticket because it's about revenue it's about revenue yeah. generation it's, yeah it's yeah. never been a, really about safety no, i mean i get that it maybe that might that might might be a secondary um to the monetary compensation that they receive by writing tickets and you know putting people like on notice or whatever like it's the safety is never primary like it's always secondary like that's the reason why like they they do pull people over because a lot of the the dirt is collected during traffic stops because people are transporting you know the drugs some way shape or form via a fucking motor vehicle or, or what have you and they're able to seize the money you know weapons and uh drugs all in one fucking you know one stop right. shop in a traffic shop stop so 
that's why they continue to do it as well, you know, for, for monetary purposes. And also, you know, they get more money and they're able to resell the drugs or use them themselves, whatever they do with it. I don't know. Fair enough. And, you know, the human trafficking, again, one thing that I think the cops really shouldn't be doing is fucking trying to stop people from being, you know, in indentured servitude. The people that are fucking, (laughs) even the people that are victims are treated like fucking uh, criminals, dude. Not surprised. Like keep your fucking hands up. School shootings, like the, the school shooter is fucking in the school shot dead by a cop or whatever. Like they've escaped the building and every single person exiting the school has to have their hands up and fucking weapons pointed at them. As they're exiting the school, like it's fucking crazy. It's for your safety. It's crazy. Or like somebody's been victimized and get on the ground or they throw the people that have been fucking raped back on the ground. Yeah. Like I'm the one that's being victimized and you're victimizing me further. Like they're just, Mm -hmm. it's fucking retarded. It is retarded. I agree with you there. I did see a video too of a school resource officer going up to a, child in school she's sitting at a desk and she's being kind of an asshole he literally ripped her out of the fucking desk and slammed her on the ground like pulled her with the desk with her he was so fucking juiced up he was juiced to the gills or whatever it was just like you're fucking like it was like a scorpion moment from mortal Kombat. get over here and just like yanks this kid and it's like man i don't know man something's got to be done like something like Something's got to give. Something's got to change. Like this is out of control. But People you know, are just shit. And then the no knock raids. Like I mean, come on, really? I mean, again, even from a police perspective, if you're trying to protect your officers from being harmed in serving a warrant, why would you go at three o'clock in the morning in the dark, unannounced? And this is this is Kentucky. This is not fucking uh, uh, L.A. This isn't California. This isn't New York. They shouldn't be doing that shit anyway. They shouldn't be doing that shit. I agree with you there. It's fucking stupid. Well, it's like Koresh, right? They could have, ATF could have arrested Koresh when they went shooting with him. They chose not to. Uh, They wanted, they wanted to fight. And sometimes I think, you know, sometimes these people, whether even in military situations or in domestic policing, they want the fight. You know what I mean? They want to get after it. Well, they, they can want... fight motherfuckers during the day, too. You know? Yeah, they... <laughs> you can't see uh, shit at night. No, you can't. You know what I mean? There's too many. It's, again, it's a practice that should be should not be uh, carried on. Any, and it, it's. I think in, even in The Rise of the Warrior Cop, I, Christopher and I have read that book. They, they, you know, Radley Balco addresses that specifically. And, you know, how detriment. I believe so, doesn't he, Christopher? He talks about how they're they're not good. They're detrimental. The uh, no knock, uh, the no knock raids. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. this is it's I believe he even says it might be unconstitutional. Not that that matters. But um, it's a great book, by the way, folks, if you haven't read it. Please you like, know, take a moment. But to do when so. you go someplace in the middle of the night, number one, like, I, I mean, I wear glasses. OK, and I have astigmatism and I have a, a hard time with depth 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 for perception like during the day and at night sorry i'm really i'm tired (laughs) so i have a hard time with that right Mm -hmm. so like when i'm looking for an address and i used to clean um residentially and commercially and i would have to look for addresses places that you know once i became familiar it was easier but like when it was a new house like i had to look for addresses and You know, it's not easy looking for a fucking address in a street you don't fucking know. No, you're right. Like, and at nighttime, fucking forget it. Like, ask ask uh, 
pizza delivery drivers. Oh, I bet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and then the weather, like, also affects that shit. Like, absolutely. And you're you're trying to fucking find a place in the middle of the goddamn night. You go to the wrong fucking house because you can't see, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. You don't double check your paperwork. No. You don't double check to make sure, like before you even show up there, that this is the right fucking place. You just show up and fucking do your do your thing. Had you been there during the day, you can see more shit. Even in a house with no lights on, like you at least get more light during the day when you fucking are kicking in the goddamn door. You know, like it's like Jesus it's, Christ. I guess it's about the element of surprise. Well, surprise! Somebody shot back because they didn't know you were the cops because you were unannounced. Um, you can be surprised during the day. You can. This, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I mean, uh, but uh, it's a tragedy that uh, this. You know, again, Daniel Shaver's murderer. Same thing. Still collecting a pension and found himself another job after absolutely fucking murdering that man. And this motherfucker absolutely murdered Breonna. And it's a shame. So um, we had one more thing to get to today. But just real quick, congratulations to Joe Biden. Uh, he's running for president again Yay. at 80 fucking years old. And apparently Trump is going to win the nomination because you motherfuckers can't get out of your own way. For real. So we've got two old fucking white guys. For reals? Yeah. Because here's the thing with Republicans. Here's the thing. <laughs> Ron DeSantis wins. Ron DeSantis wins. He beats Joe Biden. There's no question about it. Ron's going to lose the primary, okay, because Republicans can't get out of their own way. So that means that Donnie J. Trump is going to win again. And the whole country's sick of his shit, has been for a long time. And he's going to lose to the 80 year old dementia pay. He's worse than four years ago. I, I don't know. Donald Trump might win again. I doubt it. I doubt, I doubt, I doubt anything, like, but I'm pretty sure now that, like, if he wins the nomination, like, it's... He ain't gonna beat Joe Biden, dude. Like, he's he's too toxic. How could he not? Um, you know what, though? I, I, I don't have enough time today to do this, but if I wanted to make a case for Joe Biden, if you look at his electoral, um, his um, legislative successes, he's actually done <laughs> a lot more than Trump did in his four years. Okay. Just saying. Just saying. I don't care. Either I know you way. don't care, but either and no, no, you know who wins? The government wins. The government wins this round. You, my friend, are out. Yeah, no matter what, the government wins. <clears throat> government always wins every election. So uh that's it. Congratulations, Joe. Don't forget, guys, I'm gonna be doing a I'm gonna I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do the live stream of the coronation of King Sausage Sausage Why not? because it, it's at eleven AM British time. That's what six, day? That's six a.m. here. It's a it's a Saturday morning. Well, like let what Saturday morning? What what May sixth? May sixth. May sixth. Uh, that is what next weekend? Yeah, a week from this coming weekend. Yeah. Okay, so I I I I'll, I might do it on my own. That's going to be a tough ask. I'll show um, up. I'll I'll I just, show up. I, I'm going to sip coffee and make fun of King Chuck. I'm I'm not being up at 6 a.m. I, I don't blame you i told you i don't blame you and that's okay christopher that's fine well uh, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you right now i definitely you were not on my list of people's like oh yeah i'm gonna get up at this time to watch the king sausage um but yeah we'll see what we put together for that one <laughs> again sausage. i've never watched the coronation live um and i want to know if the butterscotch will come out as is tradition and a great day for canada and therefore the world yes speaking of canada shout out to my little niece that lives up in saskatchewan she's going to be having another baby uh, her and her husband are expecting daughter number two god save your husband angie let me tell you right now 
that's that's three women in the house it's a lot of ladies a lot of ladies uh you're gonna be peeing sitting down pretty soon ryan let me tell you that right now but that's okay we all look the same um, i'm happy for angie she's doing well um god bless everybody god bless so with that uh, i'm gonna turn it over to my friends real quick uh in case we miss anything you got anything angel before we get started? bit shoot i forgot about the bit shoot don't forget to sign up for the bit shoot uh what else anything for you, Angel? Uh, uh, for you, Angel? No, just bit shoot. Okay. That's it. Christopher, anything at all? Bit shoot. <laughs> <laughs> bit shoot again. Yeah, doubly bit shoot. Bit shoot again. All right. Don't forget to sign up for the bit shoot. Go ahead and subscribe. Uh, we're, we have more views than we have uh, downloads. People love using the bit shoot. And it was Christopher's idea to get us on there. It's been a stellar yeah. idea. Thank Excellent you, Christopher. Idea, for sure. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for this week. Uh, again, get at me if you want to talk about it. Uh, again, we're not opposed to having our friends on the show, listeners on the show. We love to talk to people. It's a lot of fun. Again, can't take it too seriously. If you want to listen to the serious interviews that we have, we have plenty of them. Uh, in the meantime, I bring you more of the same, same shit. Um, more, it's just like like Kilgore Trot says, it's more of the same. And um, we're here for it. We have no choice. Yeah. So I'd like to thank our patrons. Thank you so much, of course, for supporting the show. Longtime listeners. Again, I'm always astounded when we get downloads from wild places, man. Wild is in, I wouldn't expect it. Like we had listeners in Uzbekistan. We got folks coming in from Peru. Like it's wild. Like it's, it's very cool. I'm, I'm very, very chuffed with that. It's very nice. Um, we were one of the top shows in Poland for a while, but the Polish people, they've Poland. got other things going on. We love Poland very much. So Poland is awesome. Uh, not just for their cuisine, because don't forget pierogies. That's from Poland. And if you don't like a pierogi, Fuck you. Um, I mean, it's potatoes and cheese inside of a pasta. Come on, guys. You can pan fry it or boil it. Either way. Um, so I'd like to thank everybody that's been listening all these years. Sincerely, deeply grateful. And, of course, time to thank our sponsors. So we'd like to start off with Ray Fava Fine Art and Design from the Great Lakes. Team Mandalore, who does keep cycling very weird. And, of course, I paint Akron Raw Accidents. Our happy accidents at GorisNexus.com. As we said at the beginning of the show, premier sponsor, these guys in that podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the portion of the show where we're going to talk about something very personal. And I know that some of you really await these. And I do them off the fly. There is no script, ladies and gentlemen. I just think about the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Now, the next big holiday is Mother's Day. Mother's Day is coming up. And ladies and gentlemen, I, like many of you, have a great mom, okay? You want to take care of mom. You want to make sure mom feels that she's very special on Mother's Day. You know, I got to do the same thing for my wife on Mother's Day. Got to make these ladies feel special. At least get them a little something. The least you can do is not smell like a pile of shit when you're standing with your mother. Okay? Show some goddamn respect. Buy some of Todd's Gay Soap from Akron Apothecary. Check out. I don't know what new soaps we have. I only hear from Todd when he wants to talk about um, uh, what, what you know, the Metallica show and I never hear anything about the soap. I'm pretty sure we've got some gay soap up there. Check it out, akronapothecary.com. Please take care of the largest organ that you have, which is your skin. Be respectful of the people around you. When you're going to go visit your mother, please don't smell like a bag of dicks. Take care of that ball vinegar. Take care of the dung ditch, the fat folds, armpits, all of that good stuff. Todd's Gay Soap, Akron Apothecary. Be, listen to your soap, as Angel says. Listen to your soap. Listen hard. Listen hard. And remember that Todd's Gay Soap is... Stone. Oh, that stank ass.
and now it's FDA certified to eradicate dingleberry bushes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great week. Bye.